Hello and welcome to another episode of Laps Gamer Radio. I'm your host, Stuart Neil, and joining me for this special guest interview is Graham Ranson and Simon Pierce from Glitch Games. Hello. 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 Nice to meet you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us, yeah. First things first, then. We'll go into um, how Glitch Games came to be and a little bit of the history um, of yourselves. Uh, well, we started in sort of the tail end of 2011, I think it would have been with the desire to pretty much not get a real job. <laughs> uh, That's pretty much it, really. We had, uh, I think, we did have an idea for a sort of top-down pirate game, I think it was, mm-hmm. um, but massively out of scope. Uh, and uh, and then started doing kids' games to begin with, kids' apps, and uh, that didn't go too well. Yeah, we thought that would be like an easy route into the, the gaming app industry, but it, yeah. it, it, it was not. It was not, no. Uh, sort of make quite a lot of kids apps. We we put all our effort into one rather than releasing fifty, which seems to be fifty <laughs> identical spelling apps and stuff. We didn't really do that, so it didn't work too well. And then we sort of accidentally fell into what we do now. Was quite lucky, really. Oh, okay, how did that come about then? Um, with the sort of style and genre that you're currently working in? Uh, we did a, a game jam. In, um, yeah, the forty-eight hour game jam. It was meant to be a. Uh, we were, we were trying to make a kids book app um, <laughs> using what we had done already, and then it sort of over the two days just morphed into a fairly fairly basic horror themed adventure game. Yeah, it was kind of crazy how similar the storybook was to a point and click style game. So we kind uh-huh. of pursued it that way. If that if you can understand. Yeah, that. yeah, and uh, yeah, we were just we were lucky enough to well we. He won the game jam, and it was only like 20 contestants, um, and then sort of released it on the app store to see if people liked it, and some people did. So we thought, smart business decision, we'll spend the next eight months working on <laughs> something like that without really putting much thought into it beyond, well, 10 people liked it, so surely the rest of the world will. Had you any previous experience within the industry before this? Uh, I did a, a, a year placement sort of at uni at a, mm-hmm. at a, at a games company that no longer exists, um, <laughs> and I think was routinely described as one of the largest purveyors of shovelware in the Wii generation, uh, and that was pretty much it. I did a couple of months at a game company after uni, and, and that was it, really, yeah, mm. not much. Yeah, I have absolutely zero. Like before Glitch Games, I had no experience in the industry at all. The only thing that sort of made me think I'd want to do it is Graham had won a battle, which he and uh, I thought, hmm, okay, that might be a good idea to get in with him here. See what we can do. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really, uh, I don't really dine out on that too much. And now I had to do it for you. <laughs> what did you win the BAFTA for? Uh, it was for um, the Dare to Be Digital competition back mm-hmm. in 2000, uh, during uni, 2008. Would have been um, our team. I was, I was predominantly a seat filler, to be honest. Um, but yeah, our team won the bat, and then we went on to win a sort of a BAFTA ones to watch award thing. Yeah. It's not one of the gold faces, though. It sounds a lot better than it is, <laughs> and I really sell it. <laughs> Just mentioning BAFTA is always a good thing. <laughs> so you're currently working on the game Veritas. Um, where did the idea for where did that come from? Uh, probably a mix of places, I'd say. Um, I mean, it's. I suppose a desire to do more of our first, uh, sort of more style to our first game we did, uh, Forever mm. Lost, and then mixed in with sort of 
various sort of inception and lost and things like that really sort of a, a mix and mash of a few things okay before veritas you'd worked on that was a trilogy of games wasn't it yes that's correct yeah that was um uh the Lost one uh started that that was the one we first did after the game jam mm-hmm. and i think we finished the third episode uh i think it was around 2016 we finished the last one but then oh, there's okay. there a few other games in there on mm-hmm. the same genre but um but uh, not the same game, but same sort of point-to-click. Oh, okay. mm. I think those games did well enough to allow you to continue um, with Glitch Games then? Yeah, um, I mean, we're, no means, we're no means millionaires, but it's, it's enough to, to allow us to keep doing it, basically. Mm. Keep doing you know, what, we, what we enjoy doing, really. Um, yeah. It's quite a niche genre, so they don't need to sell huge numbers, like you know, because it is quite niche. Mm. You keep costs down, so any minor success is, is enough to just, just keep us going really and avoid that real job. With Veritas then, um, I've played the uh, one of the first sort of alpha builds, mm. uh, which is a fairly short um, sort of part of the game, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, so far as just sort of you get, um, you wake up in your cell and then you're obviously trying to escape just from the cell block as such. What is the sort of the scope then of the game um, from that? Without giving too much away mm-hmm. um, you at some point escape the sort of cell block area and start discovering other areas of the facility that you, you're sort of in and um, maybe start discovering some things aren't quite what you what you think they are I guess mm-hmm. um, without going too much into it but it's probably that's probably about maybe a fifth maybe a quarter of the game maybe, maybe more like a fifth of the game what you've played there actually Okay. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a lot more. It's all within sort of one facility, one building, mm. but it's quite a large structure. Mm. But yeah, it's all within that. What about the influences of the game? I, you know, there's plenty of sort of, um, sort of Prison Break esque, uh, sort of films and books and stories and things like that. And even thinking about something like, say, Resident Evil and things like that. How much of an influence of um, other sort of media um, been on the project? Um, I'd say probably the main ones are probably sort of, I, I, I've always liked, I'm not sure if I'm still there or not, but sort of the ideas in a lot of the Nolan films about sort of self-deception, that deception really, and how much you're willing to lie to yourself maybe to, to sort of maybe leave a slightly better life, to trick yourself, to lie to yourself, to believe something to, like in a section, you know, is he willing, is, is Cobb willing to believe he's in the real world? Mm-hmm. Just to continue, or, or, or you know, is he lying to himself, or is he, that sort of idea? And I guess that's the sort of thing we've we tried to do in the Forever Lost games, and we enjoyed that. People seem to enjoy that, so we sort of wanted to do more of that sort of explore that sort of idea. I guess. Yeah, it's kind of hard to say films that were influenced by without giving too much away. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. What about then? Um, obviously, sort of the room escape games and things. And there's an awful lot more popularity um, going towards the sort of the physical space escape game, uh, sort of escape room experiences and things. Do you see them as competition for games like Veritas, or do you see it as um, sort of something that runs parallel with each other with a certain amount of fan base that will cross over? I'd say it's an aid to us, to be honest. I mean, they're bringing in a whole new demographic of people that we would never see otherwise. Mm. I can give you an example. My um girlfriend went on a hen party recently and they did an escape 
the room sort of game uh, between them, and it was mm-hmm. the most fun part of the entire hen party, apparently, <laughs> which is something they would never have done before. They're not gamers, they would never play these games, but it created a curiosity within them to potentially play these games in the future. Oh, wow, okay. Mm. So would you maybe, if it was offered to yourselves, would you consider almost doing a version of Veritas in a physical space? Probably not Veritas. Veritas would be very hard. You'd have to kind of do a single room, very simple version of a game. Yeah. Kind of, that's where we'd probably fall down because we can't make everything more <laughs> complex than it needs to be. Uh, it would be certainly a lot of fun. But yeah. maybe, yeah, a challenge that, that we, we might go beyond the scope of what someone would want us to do in one small room. Well, yeah. we did, did discuss having a, an office with the, a physical room escape within it, so we could kind of be doing both simultaneously. Yeah. It would be quite cool to trade. That would be fun. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. So if anyone out there is willing to offer <laughs> us some money in a spare warehouse, <laughs> shout out. Looking ahead, when are you hoping to release the final version of Veritas? Fingers crossed. 2018, I think. Fingers crossed still. Oh, okay. So still towards the end of the year, yeah? Yeah, fingers crossed. We are nearly done. It's just the final polishing stage in the industry. What about sales-wise then? You'd said that um, the style of games that you do is very niche. So without giving too much away, obviously, if you don't want to, what sort of numbers, you know, um, are you sort of looking at? Um... (laughs) Probably not record sales numbers. Um, we don't need to sell too many. I mean, like, these games have quite a long tail. Like, uh-huh. Forever Lost, the first one, is still selling as consistently as it did back in 2012 when it came out. Oh, wow, okay. So, yeah, they, they, people seem to keep coming back to this sort of genre of games. Yeah. So even though they might not sell a huge amount at launch, mm-hmm. they build enough. And, and yeah, all of our games are still selling, just not... Mm-hmm huge just lots of little drops in the bucket and they and they just keeps totting up so yeah nothing like you probably well we'll be in the top 100 at launch charts on like ios and stuff like that we'll be on steam for the first time with this one so that'll be interesting to see what happens on there at all but um yeah i mean it it won't it won't be a a chart topper but it doesn't necessarily need to be as long as we Mm. just sort of hang about in there and it keeps totting up it it just seems to slowly slowly build Mm. Once more people spread the word of it, basically. Do those style of games kind of go sort of hand in hand with each other? For example, you know, if you eventually pick up one of them or whatever, you'll get um, the same sort of style of games in the recommendations, um, just on the, the different platform storefronts. It does seem to be, yeah. If you if you find we seem to pop up in a few others of like these people have played this type thing, and the idea is, is if they played one of our games, chances are they'll like all of our games. Like mm-hmm. We try to make them all so. If, if if someone finds any of them, the idea is they'll then go and find the rest of ours and hopefully like them as well. So it's quite handy if we're doing at least the one genre. It sort of cross promotes itself, which is quite nice. Yeah. For the marketing for Veritas, um, you've actually come up with a, a marketing partnership with um, Sharkbit, um, who are a relatively new PR company by Claire Sharkey. How did that partnership come about? Uh, there's a um, there's a there's a game dev. Slack channel set up by a few people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, it's for well, if anyone's listening, it's for anyone in the sort of UK games industry and and adjacent to that really. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, we were in there, and I think Claire, I think just introduced herself to people, saying that basically she's this very small, very new PR firm. If anyone was looking out for anyone, 
basically hit her up, and that was coincidentally the same time I was actually making a list of smaller sort of indie PR firms that would be nice to work with. So it was just pure coincidence that she happened to just pop up just mm. at the right time, really. And uh, yeah, she's been she's been great, really. The marketing for Veritas um, seems to be using sort of a little bit more of cross media compared to some other marketing campaigns that I've seen. Um, specifically sort of a little bit of viral promotion and the fact that there's a uh, company website um, which almost sets up its own lore as such um, about the uh, the Veritas company that's sort of behind the medical trials or whatever that you're involved in. How, how did that idea come about and how much effort was it to go and get something like that set up? Uh, we did that, I think, about a year ago now, actually. And it was mostly inspired by um, the sort of Lost ARG that went around when whenever Lost was like 2000 and whenever that was big. I very much enjoyed that and I thought uh-huh. it was quite fun. I probably put more time in it than was necessary, <laughs> to be honest, but yeah. I had a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, the, what the main fall down was though was I then sent out a, uh, a press release about a medical firm, blah, 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 and I'm pretty sure because I sent a science-ish based press release to review sites, it pretty much went straight to spam. <laughs> so, because it's just like, well, this is clearly a dodgy medical trial. Yeah. Elite, basically. So that, that, that wasn't that successful at yeah. the beginning. We'd always spoken about doing it, haven't we? But yeah. This, sort of, this game was the first time we thought we'd actually properly try it. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know if it'll work yet. But it just seemed to sort of fit with the sort of game we were doing, really, with a sort exactly, of yeah. questionable company behind it. It just sort of seemed to work. Yeah. Does the website tie in to anything within the game? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, no, there will be some bits in there that will that, that will connect to the website. Maybe not necessarily that you need to do it. Yeah. More of if you if you want to maybe learn a bit more about it. Okay. Not necessarily you need to go to the website to to solve the puzzle. Mm. Uh, that was actually one of the things that um, intrigued me about it, the fact that there was the website. It actually reminded me of an old PC game called, I think it was In Memoriam. Um, you were almost on the search of a kidnapped girl and um, the kidnapper, who may or may not have been a serial killer or something like that, but you'd go to um, sort of random websites that were emailed to you. Um, so it actually used, sort of it joined on, you put your email address in whenever you logged on, so you got the emails to the email address that you uh, registered your account with, and it sent you email links and things that you would go to, and there'd be different little photos, um, or there'd be sort of little puzzles or cryptic clues and things. Um, so I really like that idea of it being sort of, you know, a cross-media thing um, and not necessarily just the game itself. Yeah, that sounds really cool, actually. Was it, yeah. I, actually, I suppose it's, it'd be hard to replay that game now, presumably, unless all the websites would still be up. Available, yeah. I'm not sure if they are not. Looking then to what you think of the, the sort of the industry and what have you at the minute, what are your feelings on uh, the independent thing? Is it good for developers and things at the minute, or is it still a very tough marketplace? Bit of both, I guess. A little bit of A, a little bit. I'd say it's it's good in that there's never been really a better, more tools, more distribution. It's easier than ever to get your game in front of people, but maybe because of that, it's, it's very saturated now. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's very hard to be seen by those same people, and maybe. 15 years ago, yeah, it'd be an effort to get a game on a platform, but you'd be the only one there. Mm-hmm. So you'd, you'd be seen. So yeah, 
I'd say it's probably the best time to be an indie game player. Because yeah. there's, 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 there's just so much choice. But maybe that's hard as well for them. I don't know. Do you think it should be up to the platform holders um, to help uh, developers sort of push their games or um, advertise them or whatever? Or do you think that it's fair enough just to be able to upload the things to them and then the responsibility relies on um, people reaching out to PR companies and things to actually push their games? It'd be nice to think it's in their best interest to help people out. But mm-hmm. then at the same time, promoting the ones that make all the money is clearly is clearly working for them, promoting yeah. the, the big hitters. But it, it'd certainly be nice if they did something to sort of highlight the ones that maybe aren't making so much money, the hidden gems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, it's, yeah, sometimes should... silly, isn't it, when you look at like the charts and then right next to it, they'll be promoting the very same game that's in the charts. So you kind of have two categories representing the same ten games, and yeah. that's where the problem lies, I think. Yeah, certainly no solutions here. I'm not sure what they could no. do, but mm. it'd be nice for them to do something. But whether it's up to them, uh, more just that it'd be nice if they realised that maybe there is more money on the table that they're maybe missing out on if they started promoting, became the, a platform that promoted little indie gems as well as the big darlings. Yeah, you'd said with Veritas, this is the first um, game that you'll be releasing on Steam. Um, have the other ones been available on PC, or is this literally the first one that'll be available on PC? Uh, no, we've got ours on um, on itch.io, uh-huh. or itch.io, I don't know how you pronounce it, and uh, the Mac App Store, but don't think anyone uses that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, we've been on itch.io, and that's, that's very nice and fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely this will be the first actual Steam release, which will be, it's nice, it'll be nice to see on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it makes yourself feel a bit more real at that point. Yeah. How difficult was the um, getting you the game on Steam? Um, I know that they've now dropped Greenlight and it's more sort of just a registration um, sum of money uh, to get your games up there. Is there still um, sort of any barriers or anything or any other hoops and things that you need to jump through? At present it's just a lot of very poorly designed back-end systems who've got to deal with uploading photos and screenshots and that sort of stuff. There's no, I'm not sure if it is any form of review process. We haven't got that, that far yet. We haven't got the build uploaded yet. I think there is some kind of minimal review process, but I'm not sure how in depth it is, or is it just this game runs? Mm. There you go, shove it up there. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're, I'm not sure how much actual review work there'll be in comparison to someone like, well, an actual console store and something like that. Hopefully it's not as extreme as that. Mm. But yeah, so far it's mostly just here's your money, here's some forms to fill out. Here's some tax forms to fill out, which is mm. probably the hardest part. How does that compare to uploading it to, say, HIO or the um, iOS store? HIO, put whatever you want up there. Mm. Doesn't matter. That it, you know, do what you want. It's fantastic. iOS store, lots of confusing and double standards regulations where some reviewers seem to fail you for something, and then you submit the game again, and maybe this reviewer doesn't doesn't notice that thing or. Or flag yeah, a different thing, times. yeah, where yeah. just things get flagged for seemingly no reasons and then they'll go through and then someone else will point out ten other games that have the exact same issue and they're already on the store and it's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we did see those at that point. It's like a, it's a per case basis. This is We saw it here now, so this is where it counts sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But they've got like how many hundreds of thousands of apps to get submitted every day and there's only so many people that can do the job, so can't. Yeah. Fault them yeah. too much, but it's just they're even mind. they're reviewing um, the test builds now, which is like halts them slightly, doesn't it? That's yeah, to send out to send out beta builds, they have to be 
approved by Apple as well, just to send to beta testers, like public beta testing, which is a bit yeah, all right, okay. weird, because, I mean, by definition, that game's probably broken. Yeah. I'm not quite sure what they're actually testing there, because it's going to be broken mm. half the time. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. I've actually um, played a couple of sort of beta and alpha versions on test flight on iOS, oh, yeah. and, yeah, no, that's a slightly odd concept. Yeah, it seems to be when they bought out test flight, they decided to add some approval process to it. Maybe it is just automated at the other end, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it, it does seem a bit odd. Or maybe it's just us. How do you find the sales for your games um, between Android and iOS? Are they favoured on one particular platform? iOS, definitely higher. by mm. Probably ten times. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, people just don't Although, seem to... Have been picking yeah, up recently? Yeah, Android's been increasing. It's probably doubled over the last four or five months, and yeah, we don't so, quite know why. Yeah, we, we did do some like edits to the app store descriptions and stuff mm. like that, but it seems to have been some surprisingly large jumps for nothing we seem to have done our end. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure what that is. But still definitely yeah, iOS people just seem to be more willing to, to, to buy apps rather than... Because none of ours are freemium. They're all just straight up a few quid. Yeah. There's the game sort of thing. And it, that just doesn't seem to work too well on Android mm-hmm. as compared to iOS anyway. Oh, okay. What about the pricing? How do you sort of gauge what's the best price for a game um, on each of the platforms? Based on our numbers, probably quite poorly. Um, <laughs> never been. I don't, it's hard because like it's not really. We were actually saying this a few days ago. Like we may have spent half a long working on Veritas, so we think like, it should be worth X amount. But the end player doesn't really care how much we how much time we spent yeah. on it. All, all mm. the matters is what they get out of it. So maybe it's. We spent two years on it, but maybe it's a two-hour game, so there you go, they'll, they'll pay a quid for it type thing. It, it, it's, it's hard, because it's... We think all games should be more expensive. Every game should be, basically. They're all mm-hmm. too cheap. No one's willing to spend any money on games, or any media, really. Mm-hmm. Sadly, it's not really us that sets the price. It's whoever's willing to pay the money is, is the one that sets the price, and prices are going down. Mm-hmm. Try to just attempt to look at other games that are similar sort of genre and quality and aim for around there or lower, really. Yeah. Hope for the best. Do you think the proliferation of sort of freemium games and even looking at, um, say, streaming services and things are playing a really heavy part in sort of devaluing media? They're certainly, yeah. I mean, it's hard because obviously it's 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 what people want, apparently, but mm-hmm. can't really can't really blame the companies for wanting to do it or the people for wanting the stuff as cheap as they can get because mm-hmm. money is tight. But yeah, it's a little annoying. But mm-hmm. it's hard to it's hard to blame them. Yet yeah, at the same time, it, it it's making it harder to make maybe certain games that yeah. don't fall into the sort of categories of things that can can get in our purchases to pay for months on end. You know, front end we pay, you know we put all the money into the game now and that's that's it. If yeah. we were to do a game that was that sort of game, it would be a very very different game for us. Mm-hmm. So basically, people want these sorts of games. They don't always work that way. So spend some money, people. <laughs> that was going to be something close to my next question, was that with you going on to Steam, there's always then going to be the possibility of being approached by um, sort of game bundlers, um, people like Humble or uh, Green Man Gaming or uh, the Indie Gala Bundle and things like that. What are your feelings towards that, and would you be tempted um, to put Veritas into a bundle? It's hard because, on the one hand, yeah, I can, I can assume anyone that goes into a bundle, they probably come out the other side better off, 
I mean, mm-hmm. I, I assume they make more money because chances are it's probably sales they wouldn't have got normally. Yeah. But then from then on, do people just assume that the value of that game is outside of the bundles? And does it hurt after that? I'm not sure. It, it'd be hard to. We'd have to look into what other people have said if they can if they can say anything about what they did after the fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I'm not sure. I mean, chances are, I'm not sure if we're. It'd be great to to be spotted and they would want us to be in a bundle that's kind of cool anyway mm-hmm. but yeah I'm not sure if we'd want to I don't know yet mm-hmm. but it's certainly nice to sort of be almost validate what we've done if someone wants to include us in a bundle yeah. well we we definitely benefited from uh, releasing our games for free as a sort of sale thing because it opens like a whole new load of people to our catalogue of games yeah we did like a one off for a few days I think it was with one of them and that certainly brought in more people yeah, on all games, uh, mm-hmm. we saw an increase, which was great. Um, so I guess some sort of bundle deal with one of our games would be a similar, similar thing for us. Yeah, I have seen some developers on Twitter and things saying that although putting games into a bundle won't necessarily get them an awful lot of money, um, just because of the you know the price of the bundle goes for, but they have seen it as a cheap alternative to other advertising streams. Um, yeah. Because at least then, if people get it in a bundle, there's a chance they'll actually play it and then start talking about it, which they may or may not have done before that. And it certainly bump up reviews as well, the number of ratings on yeah. stores, which yeah. seems to be the, the, the biggest thing that causes people to buy or not buy a game is is a little star rating. Mm-hmm. Some big news that came out this week was the crunch um, that is going on with Red Dead Redemption 2 um, by Rockstar. It's a really big thing uh, within the industry at the moment. What are your feelings about it? Crunch is bad. It's bad <laughs> management. It's bad time management. Mm-hmm. And probably, or maybe cynically, maybe perfectly timed management based on who wants to cause that crunch. But yeah, generally I'd say it's a bad thing. That's just give your employees more time to make the game, basically, rather than saying, here's a E3 or whatever demo we've got to get it done by. You've got a week. Mm-hmm. Within half the game now, it's 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 yeah, it's it's not good. It's just gonna cause burnout with everyone, really. Yeah, that's why we take forever to release a game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do like one hour a day here, and that's already too much. What um, things within the industry would you like to see changing? Lack of crunch would be good. Get rid of that. Um, mm. <laughs> certainly, more diversity. Remove crunch. Just generally, a more of a healthier environment for the people that are working in the industry. So maybe more people want to work in the industry that maybe are put off by some of the things that are in the industry, mm-hmm. such as crunch and just general sexist behaviour and just try and sort out that bit. And mm-hmm. I think we would be much better, healthier off and there'd be just better games overall, really. Mm-hmm. Do you think something like unionisation would be good for some of the bigger companies, um, but do you think it would have a negative effect on a lot of the smaller independent ones? I think we certainly had complications to, to yeah, small companies, particularly, mm-hmm. I mean, anyone that's sub 20 people, that's probably going to, it has to be a per company sort of set of rules type thing where that's just going to get very complicated. But yeah, for a, for a bigger company, rock star size or even smaller than that, definitely, I think it could be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That brings me to the end of my questions. And as I said, I'd just like to thank you both for coming on and uh, talking to me tonight. At this stage in all my interviews, I always sort of open it um, up to yourselves to sort of plug any of your own products or 
um, anything by anybody else um, that you think deserves a bit more attention. Go check out VeritasTheGame.com. <laughs> Pretty cool looking game. Don't know who it's by. It's probably a bunch of cool guys. Check that one out. Buy oh, more games. And... Yeah, games. Yeah, they're good too. <laughs> just buy and, buy and rate more games. Rate the games you like. If you played a game recently you like it, go give it a rate. Just one, one little review will make a developer very happy. Yeah. It helps people massively. Yeah, yeah hugely. And if you've got something negative to say, email them first. They probably already <laughs> know about it. Yeah. Yeah. They probably know about it. They can probably fix it for you right then and there. Yes, uh, reviews are something even I'm guilty of, um, <laughs> despite doing a podcast. Um, it's only ever the people that listen to the podcast actually um, hear those reviews. So, yeah, I should probably do more of that as well. You should do too. So, it's yeah, I say these things, but it is hard to find the time to always just rate everything. So, just, just one little review a month will make a difference. Yeah, I think it's an above 10 or something on Steam. Um, yeah, before it actually starts that, properly. It's just, yeah, it's just nothing after that, and then yeah, that's when it kicks in. Yeah. So. Do you think an erosion of the sort of previous paper-based magazine media um, has went against uh, game developers in that it's a lot harder to get advertising and things on websites and what have you these days? I suppose because it's more spread out now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Everyone's sort of, rather than everyone getting one magazine or having many magazines a month and everyone would read that, you sort of guarantee that if you get something in there chance are people will read it there's now for every one magazine there's a hundred niche websites and so yeah i suppose audiences are maybe a bit more spread out and you've got a bit of target a Mm -hmm. lot more or or at least be a bit more specific in your targeting i guess yeah should be harder thank you very much for coming on and uh i'd just like to say goodbye thank you very much thanks very much goodbye